welcome to the home birth experience. This is Julia Meyer, founder and midwife of Cleveland Home Birth, and I am joined today with my co-host, Christina Maddox. Hi, everyone. And Lizzie Monroe. Hi. So today we are coming to you live from a labor of one of our clients. And with her very gracious permission, we discussed prior to her labor, uh, recording just a improv podcast while she was in labor and chatting about what's going on and kind of giving you guys a frontline seat at what a labor looks like with one of our clients. So I thought that might be kind of fun. So we'll see how it goes and what we, what we have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so when did we arrive here? Like 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's what, one o'clock now? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So how many of our hours that's been? Not quite 12, but... Um, we're approaching the 12 hour mark and no one slept last night. I was actually out of birth for another midwife yesterday and walked in at 5.06, baby was born at 5.21 and then got about an hour, two hours of sleep, got the call, came here and here we are. Yep, <laughs> same boat. I got only a couple hours of sleep, too. Mm-hmm. Christina, on the other hand, is like the perky one here, the bunch. <laughs> yeah, I go to bed early, so I got a full night's sleep. She's smart. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Let's talk about, you know, a long labor. This is her fourth baby, so you expect it to go quick. Mm-hmm. And then when you're up all night and it hasn't gone quick, then, you know, you have to kind of do things to support mom throughout the longer process that she wasn't expecting. What are the, some of the things ladies from your perspective of assisting clients and supporting them throughout labor? Like what are some of the things that you could share with the audience that we've been doing today? And don't all speak at once. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know where we were, but a phone call came in. So we're jumping back in things to say and do during a long labor. Mm -hmm. Just very encouraging words, Tonum. They can do it. This is what your body is supposed to be doing. This is normal. It does just because you're going longer than you expected. It's normal. It's okay. It's just really talking to them, encouraging them through this is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Letting them know they're safe and nothing's wrong just because it's taking a little bit longer. And also staying hydrated. Yeah, and fed. Fed, yep. Mm-hmm. Keeping calories in the body because you're burning calories during labor and making sure that baby is tolerating labor well, you know, and it takes a little bit longer. Typically with a precipitous birth, the the rate of... um complications is extremely lower with a longer labor there's more time for possible complications so monitoring is extremely important mommy and baby we speak 
Lizzie just got called away to go support our mama and give her a little pep talk to get her through some hard moments. And Lizzie gives the best pep talk about running towards the things that are the most uncomfortable. That's what's going to bring the baby. Yep. Can't be scared of it. Right. Got to do it. Got to surrender. As we always say in every podcast, (laughs) got to surrender. Yes. (laughs) The only way out of it is to go towards it. Yep. The only way out is in. You have to go towards it. Mm Mm-hmm. So true. So true. And I mean, it's such hard work. It's such hard work to bring a baby into the world. It really is. And it's it's sometimes so hard to witness a woman working so hard and just being completely powerless to do anything to help her aside from just holding space and keeping her reassured that we're here for her. Mm-hmm. But she has to do it on her own. And that's really hard to witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I always feel like, gosh, if I could just take... A handful mm-hmm. of contractions for them. Yeah. And let them have an hour-long nap. Yeah. You know, I just wish I could. Mm-hmm. But. And if we feel that way, imagine how the dads feel. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah. Because, like, this is their beloved. Right. Going through this. Right. Bringing their baby into the world. And there's really nothing they can do nothing. except be there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the hardest part, I think, of birth work is to sit on your hands. Yeah. Because you want to do things. You want to, like, I don't, you just, you just want to do things yeah. because the empathy yeah. in my heart, my heart is like, please let me, let me yeah. help you. I just sit and pray, like, please, please, baby, please, baby, please, baby, like over and over, just like, please, God, make, let, let this happen, you know, mm-hmm. grant her grace. Mm hmm. Oh my gosh. I mean, my faith in God, I, I couldn't be a midwife if I didn't have my faith in God. Mm-hmm. Prayer and being just mindful and... You and, surrender your power to him. Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. So we have... Let's see. When we got here, she was not in the water. Then she got in the water. Mm-hmm. And that felt good. And then, why did we get out of the water? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember either. I don't have the chart in front of me even. Oh, you know, I think, well, so I checked her again. Mm. And this is a good topic to talk about is cervical checks. Okay. Because as I, I may have mentioned on this podcast, I don't know, but... As you know, my feeling about cervical checks, unless I see an indication, like, for example, the baby's heart rate is starting to show signs of distress. I think that's an indication for a cervical exam, Mm -hmm. because if you're four centimeters and we're seeing an unreassuring pattern in the heart rate, we need to talk about going to the hospital. Mm -hmm. But if you are completely dilated, then maybe it's time to just push this baby out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's different reasons for the the variations in the heart rate at different stages in labor. However, I always tell my clients, if I see an indication, then I will offer a cervical exam, give you informed consent. It's ultimately your decision. Or if my client wants a cervical exam, by all means, you know, unless we have ruptured membranes and I really don't like introducing bacteria if we've had that. But in this case, we didn't. And so when we got here, she wanted me to check her, and she was about four centimeters. And then 
I don't know how much time had passed before the second exam. She was in the water, and she was four still. But she had effaced more, and she felt defeated. And that was, again, like one of those moments where I, like my heart, it's Mm heart-wrenching because she still was making progress. And I just, I, when I see that look of defeat in my client's face, it just, it's so sad. And so, you know, sometimes even though you want a cervical exam, I don't know that the information is all that beneficial right. even to the client because yeah. it can cause that defeat, but then it can also cause encouragement. So, I, I mean, just like everything else in my practice, that's why I do informed consent and ultimately the decision is theirs. But, um, so she got out of the tub and I think at that point we suggested her laying down and resting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, at four centimeters, we're thinking there's probably a long road ahead, Mm -hmm. but I explained to her, you know, you could dilate from four to 10 in two hours. Anything could happen. But not knowing if that was going to happen, we suggested rest. So she did rest in between contractions. And I think that was really beneficial to kind of boost her energy up again and kind of give her a new mindset and refreshing, like coming Mm -hmm. back to it fresh again. And then we took a walk. Yep. And... It was kind of hot outside. It's really hot and humid for a laboring woman <laughs> wearing all black. All black. <laughs> after, after we got outside, I was like, oh, not the best choice. Right. But she was a trooper. I mean, she, she took a walk. Yeah. Yeah. And I was pretty adamant about doing some big elephant steps. Yeah. And I was walking down the street looking like <laughs> a clown. <laughs> Solidarity. Solidarity. Oh, yeah. Do it for the client. Take yep. one for the team. But she did it, yeah. and she had some contractions out there. Yeah. She was amazing, yeah. and we got back, and she wanted to be checked again. So we did, and she was six, which was encouraging yeah. for everyone, and also very tired, very, very exhausted. Mm-hmm. She's working really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. Yeah, she's doing great. Yeah, so after that check, we kind of had another conversation about how proud I am and how she's doing so good. And then I was asking her husband how he was feeling. And actually, I think she asked him how he was feeling. And he said, I'm fine. And then just out of some place, I didn't have this thought through. I just looked at him and I said, it's okay to say you're tired because you're working really hard too and it's a beautiful thing and seeing you guys love each other through Mm -hmm. this and you're going to get to rest after this you're going to get to lay in your bed together with your baby and bond together and take a nice nap Mm -hmm. and and then I start crying (laughs) all the feels (laughs) all the feels everybody else in the room starts crying yeah it was a beautiful moment it really was Mm -hmm. I I mean those moments are just like mm. I I can't words yeah can't describe the love was palpable for sure mm-hmm. yep so I made a couple more suggestions about 
laying well she was laying down and she seemed really comfortable so I said why don't you just stay there for mm-hmm. 20-30 minutes and try to sleep in between these contractions and then we'll do a little bit of walking and positioning and things that kind of help it get more intense mm-hmm. and so she's been doing that and that's where Lizzie got pulled away because that intensity can be scary and you say no 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 mm-hmm. What you need to be saying is, yes, 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 yeah. yes. And that intensity is what brings a baby out. Right. So that's kind of where we're at today. Yeah. We're, we're at that hump. We got to get over the hump. We got to run towards the crazy feelings. Yep. That's what brings the baby. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember you, Christina, at your birth, like, struggling to run towards the crazy. No, I didn't. <laughs> As soon as I felt it, I was like, yes, okay. And I just surrendered right away. Yeah. 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 I'm thankful that I realized that I had that power in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just, yeah. You are amazing. Thank you. All my moms are amazing. Yeah. But that surrender, man, you were fearless. <laughs> <laughs> you really were. Oh. And having not had kids yet myself, I'm, I just keep thinking, we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. I was like, okay, ladies, how long is it going to take me to surrender when I have my baby? <laughs> I can't wait to see. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. That's all I know. It's yeah, going to be absolutely. awesome. And it's going to be a journey. I don't see it happening fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be having this come to Jesus talks with me. And I'm probably going to be going, no, shut up. <laughs> Now, Julia, this is what we mean when we tell our clients to surrender. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Oh, Lizzie's back. Lizzie, how's it going? Give us a report. It's going pretty good. She's getting a lot closer, and she's working very hard through the contractions now, and her husband's pulling up and back on her belly to help get the baby in the right position so and that makes them more intense so she wanted to fight that and I was just encouraging her to keep trying to do that as much as possible Mm -hmm. yeah that's what we're just talking about is that point of surrender and we were laughing because I was saying I can't wait to have I can't wait and at the same time I'm like a little bit nervous not scared, nervous. Like, how long is it going to take me to surrender? Are you guys going to be talking me off a cliff the whole time? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you got to run towards the uncomfortable, the unknown. Yep, for sure. So what's next? Do you think she's going to get back in the water? I think that's her next step. She said she was going to do a couple more sitting there with her husband doing the stomach pull up and back and then she was going to get in the water so I think that's about to come. Sweet. How cool is it that she is letting us do this? I know. Thank you. I know. I always wanted to. I've always wanted to just chat, like have a birth side chat, you know? Mm -hmm. Like Dr. Stu's fireside chats but it's a birth side chat, Dr. Stu. Tune in. Uh, yeah, so I think we'll pause for now and then we'll hop back on in a little bit and bring everybody another update. 
Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, all sounds right. like a good plan. Hopefully it's a amazing update. There's a baby. <laughs> a baby update. Yeah. <laughs> Till then, everybody. Okay, everyone, we're back at it. It's been about 30 minutes, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Since we paused and started recording again. And we do have a good update. Yes, we do. <laughs> and what is it? Her water broke. Spontaneous rupture of membranes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so that means things are moving along. Yeah. And she said that every time, every other labor after her water broke, it was only a matter of like a half hour till her baby came. So Sweet. we'll see how it plays out for this one. Yes. Hopefully for her sake, it's the same as the other babies. Yep. Oh, it's coming. We're making progress. Yes, we are. And it's almost always the case that once the membranes rupture, that baby descends. Pretty quick. Yeah, pretty quick. So, we shall see, and we'll be back with another update. Yeah! <laughs> All right, everybody. So I'm back to finish up this episode. It is now August 30th, which is an entire week after we started this episode. But here we go. So we left off where our client's membranes had ruptured spontaneously. And at that point, it was 1.48 in the afternoon. And she had said previously with her other births, the babies were born in 20 to 30 minutes after her water broke. And we were kind of joking around like, yes, it's happening. You know, it's going to be any minute. Well, some time went by and it was not until 541 that she delivered her baby girl. Nine pounds, 13 ounces born in the water, her hands, my hands, and her husband's hands, all helping to bring the baby up out of the water. And Lizzie, who was photographing, caught the most amazing picture of all of us with our hands on the baby at the same time, bringing the baby up out of the water. And it was just so cool. Such a great picture. Um... So yeah, I am here on this Sunday evening by myself in my apartment while dinner is cooking in the kitchen. And so I don't really, I don't have Lizzie or Christina to make comments on this, but let's see. So in that period of time from rupture of membranes to delivery, I'm looking at her chart to see what significant things we could talk about. So at this point, she started to get really, really exhausted because she'd been in labor for well over 12 hours at this point. And I think we were talking earlier about encouraging and we did encourage her to eat more, to drink more. And once she got her mind wrapped around, okay, this could take a little bit longer. I really need to refuel. She did really, really well. And it was interesting because 
she wanted to know when she could push because she kept feeling like she needed to push. And our whole thing is to breathe the baby down. She was managing the contractions so amazingly well that it was hard to tell when she was transitioning. And actually we did not notice when she was transitioning because she was breathing through the contractions so beautifully. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting in a chair, probably four feet from the birth pool. She's in the pool. Her husband's like just on the other side of the pool, kind of supporting her, coaching her through. And she's saying, I feel like I need to push. I said, well, when the baby's sitting on your perineum, you, you will. You know, your body will do it for you. All of a sudden... To everyone's surprise, she says, there's the head, there's the head. So I just jump up. I don't even have a second to get gloves on my hands. You know, put my hands in the water, make sure baby's coming out okay, chuck for the cord around the neck, which there was not. And this sweet little girl, she had her hand up on her neck, which we call a nuchal hand. And that really is hard to bring a baby with that kind of compound presentation down the birth canal. So I was just, I was amazed and I was so proud of her, the way that she breathed her baby down. And it was really interesting because she had said with her other three children, she really had to push forcefully and she never really breathed a baby down and after the fact she was saying how amazing that was that you know she felt that fetal ejection reflex and literally her baby and her body did it for her and we always talk about surrendering on this podcast and it was all about her surrendering quite honestly that is the hardest part for my clients in labor is to just surrender, take the passenger seat, let it happen. Just let your body do what it's doing to bring forth your baby. And she was so amazed by how that worked. And she did say that when the baby was sitting on her perineum, as you know, the head was about to come out, she knew like, okay, now the baby's almost there. And that the sensation was different than what she was feeling before when she expressed the urge to push. So there was a difference. It was just hard to tell when she hadn't felt the second part of it yet. Another thing that we really encourage our clients to do is when the baby starts to crown, that's really, really an important time to breathe because that allows a little bit of time for the tissue to stretch and prevent tearing. And it's so hard. It's so hard to do. And we end up making such hilarious noises, you know, doing like the horse breathing, you know, just to, to help mom through that excruciating you know, it feels like an eternity, but it's really only maybe a half a minute of just crazy trying to 
breathe through that ring of fire to let the tissue stretch. And all of us, we were laughing later. We were all like spitting on each other, basically like, you know, trying to, to help her breathe that baby down. Um, and a nine, nine pound, 13 ounce baby, almost 10 pound baby, no tearing at all. But she really had to work at that. She really had to work hard. Another thing that she had mentioned in her prenatal care was that the delivery of the placenta with her last baby was just really traumatizing and the doctor was pulling on the cord and it was really painful and she didn't want to go through that again. And I assured her during prenatal care that she wouldn't go through that. You know, the placenta will come, the uterus will contract, it will come off the uterine wall, it will be released, she'll feel it, again, sitting right there, ready to come out. And typically I just say to my clients, okay, give me a little cough and a little push and there it is, which is exactly what happened with this placenta. And she was amazed. Again, she said, I can't even believe, I mean, it really felt like nothing. And before it was so traumatizing having the placenta delivered. I think it just proves the point of when you trust birth, you leave things undisturbed, the outcome is better and more comfortable for mom and baby. So needless to say, everything went well. It was an amazing birth, another miracle. And just feeling so honored to be invited into that very, very intimate and sacred space with these women. And even more thankful that she allowed us to record and talk about her birth on the podcast. Another thing I want to point out now that I'm thinking about it is the fact that she said she wasn't able to breastfeed her other babies because at some point someone told her that her nipples were, were inverted, which they were not. And guess what? She has been nursing this baby beautifully. They had to work just like every other mom and baby to establish that relationship initially. But a week later, she, you know, she's doing great nursing just fine. And she latched literally, let me see, the chart says at 634. So just shy of an hour after the baby's born, she'd already latched. And that's just amazing. And I am just so thankful that it worked out that way because I told her prenatally, I'm like, oh, no, you're definitely going to be able to breastfeed this one. <laughs> so I'm glad it turned out that way, which I knew it would. So that kind of wraps up the birth story. Um, I saw her 24 hours after the baby was born and checked both she and the baby, and they were both doing great. Um, 
And then again, I think it was four days after the baby was born, we had another postpartum, and then I'll go back to see her in another few days here. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. And hopefully she will come on the show and tell the story herself from her point of view. So until then, everyone, thank you for listening. I know you have so many options of things to listen to, and I'm so grateful that you choose our podcast to listen to. Please subscribe on any podcast platform. Check us out at clevelandhomebirth.com, Instagram, Cleveland Home Birth, Facebook, Cleveland Home Birth. We so appreciate your support. Have a great week, everyone. That's all for this week, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Please leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify and let us know what you think. We really appreciate your support. Tune in next week for another episode of the Home Birth Experience. Until then, stay healthy, y'all. Bye.